How's it going today, guys? I'm back here live in the studio once again for another episode of Hot Takes with TP3. I'm your host, Thomas Penland, and I'm joined by none other than the Yardage Locks. Cody, say what's up to the people. What's going on, guys? Cody Hardish from Yardage Locks on Twitter. You know who I am. The obnoxious, the obnoxious fun guy that likes to gamble. I'm right here, boys. Hey, you know, you don't want to get involved with this guy about Auburn because he'll definitely let you all hear it back. So... Unless you got something good to say, you probably don't want to tweet at him about Auburn. But let's get down to it here. Let's talk about these games. Um, first game on the board, Texas A&M at Clemson. Currently Clemson minus 16.5. Cody, what do you think about this one? Uh, I got this one early in the week. I actually got it at 18. But I think this is pretty disrespectful to Texas A&M and Jimbo Fisher. Um, I uh, That's my max bet of the week is Texas A&M plus 18. Um, I guess it's at 16.5 now. I would still take that. Um, maybe not max it out. Um, Kellen Mond's a very good quarterback, very underrated. I think he'll be good. He'll be decent in the NFL. Um, I think Texas A&M brings a lot of athletes and a lot of guys to the field that can compete and match up with Clemson pretty, uh, pretty, pretty, you know, consistently everywhere around the field. So um, I can, I actually think this is going to be inside ten points. Um, I, I, I do think Texas A&M has a chance to actually win this football game. People m- might call me crazy. Um, if you're up a lot of money that day, I think you can sprinkle a little bit on the Texas A&M money line as well. Uh, I like that idea there. You know, I think Texas A&M is a good team, but I'm actually on the other side of this one a little bit. I'm not playing anything in this game just because I don't feel that strongly about it. But, you know, I really feel like Clemson last year, they underperformed in this game. Obviously, they still had Kelly Bryant going and not Trevor Lawrence. But I feel like Clemson's got this one or circled on the schedule, and everyone's saying they play a weak schedule and a weaker conference, and they're going to try to come out and make a statement. If I had to play something, I would take Clemson minus the 10.5 first half. But I do kind of agree with you. 18's a lot of points. And, I mean, I think Kellen Mond's going to be a decent NFL quarterback as well. I think it will be a good third-round pick that I have a shot at, you know, making a roster and doing a lot. So, you know, I definitely agree with you on that end. So I don't feel good enough to play anything, but if I did, I would take Clemson minus the ten. Yeah, I'm with you on that. It's it's first half. It's going to be a shot in the dark. It, can Kelly? Uh, I'm sorry. Can Trevor Lawrence get it done? I think so. Probably. I think he also didn't look spectacular against the Georgia Tech bad mm-hmm. defense. I know they put up what 52 points on him. Um, their receiving core they have is the best in the country. They have an NFL receiving core as well as Alabama does too. But Trevor Lawrence, he is the best quarterback in the country. I don't care what anybody says, but he also he needs to play a lot better than he did against Tech in order to win that game by more than 18 points is my, my implication there. Yeah, no, I mean, if he comes out and plays the way he did against Tech, the, like you said, Tech saying is going to have a shot to win the game. I personally think they're looking ahead a little bit, and I think they're more so focused on that game. Also, was the first game of the season, so a little sloppy. But, I mean, like I said, I don't have enough to play against it there. Plus, I mean, Cody's better at college football than I am, so if he's got a max bet on it, if I were y'all, I'd probably follow along with that. We'll see. Not perfect. Uh, that's for sure. That's for sure. I learned the hard way last week. Um Let's move on to game number two here. This is games at 7.30, ABC game of the week, LSU at Texas. What do you think about this one, Cody? This one's a tough one, man. I'm kind of like you. Um, I'm probably not going to touch this one. Uh, it's I'm one of those people, if I, I don't bet just to bet, um, I think this is a game that it's going to be a shot in the dark. No one really knows what's going to happen. Is Texas going to be for real? Are they going to look like they did against Georgia in that bowl game? Or are they going to look like that Texas where everyone's hyped up week two? Um, you know, and they get blown out at home, and it's just typical Texas like the last 10 years. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. LSU, I know what they're going to do. They're going to come out. They're going to shoot them. You know, they're going to shoot it down the field. 
try to run the football, smash mouth SEC football. And I don't know if that's going to work. Um, playing at Texas is going to be tough. Orgeron is a very good coach on the road, though. It's very interesting. He's he, he wins some very big games on the road, including at Auburn last year um, when no one expected them to. Now, besides that, um, it's a, what is seven point spread, six and a half point spread now. Um, yeah, it's I a think, six and a half. I think if you are a gambling man, um, I think it's a pretty much you kind of have to go with the home dog here um, mm-hmm. with Texas plus six and a half. Um, you can't, that's too many points. It really is. I don't care how good LSU is this year. Um, it, you just can't turn down that line. Vegas gives you that line. You take it. Yeah, I'm going to agree with you on that one. I actually have a bet in this game, which I'm going to reveal later, which is on the total actually. But from a sidewise, I can't really play anything here. Look, I think LSU is the better team. I thought that offense looked great with Joe Burrow. They got the Saints um, quarterback coach. I can't think of his name right now. And he clearly worked wonders with his team as they put up, I think, what, like 60 points last week. But on top of all those things, I mean, Tom Herman is a home is a dog, underdog role. As a, any coaching staff he's been on, they're twenty three and two straight up. And as a head coach, he but that's between Houston and between Texas. He's thirteen and two as a home as a just an underdog in general, and that's straight up. So that's more than enough to keep me off. And also, I feel like the way the line moved, that I would go with Texas. But I mean, Texas doesn't have a whole lot back on this defense. I believe it's only three starters. So. There's still a lot of question marks to me on the Texas defense, and I just don't feel strong enough to play something here in this game. I'm with you. My, my opinion might change by tomorrow on this one. Uh, <clears> I might take it. I I don't know. As you guys know, I'm kind of an SEC homer. Um, you know, I think – look at this. How about this? I'll say this. If it's a close game, I think Texas is going to win, but if it's a blowout, it's going to be because of LSU. Yeah, I, I like that take on the game. I agree with you there. I think it'll probably end up being a good game. I think it'll be a little high-scoring game. But let's get to uh, game number three here, and that is Cincinnati at Ohio State. Uh, I'll let you take us away once again. I have Cincinnati plus 16 here. Um, I think they're going to limit Justin Fields' running ability because I think that's what he's really known for. Um, If you watched that game last week, uh, he was running through some absolutely massive holes an ATM Wheeler can go through. Um, it wasn't. It's not difficult for anyone to run through those holes. He he is fast. He's very athletic. You know, obviously he's got all this, the tangibles. He's very tall, big. Um, but they also played a, a pretty bad FAU team, and they were at home. Um, Cincinnati's coming off of an emotional win, um, and I think they're going to keep riding that into week two. Um, I think Ohio State does not cover, but they win the football game, and it's going to be a little stressful down in Columbus. Yeah, I'm actually not playing anything on this game either, but it, I'm still on the fence about it a little bit. But I agree with you. I think Cincinnati's the right play here. It just scares me a little bit because I feel like Ohio State went vanilla after scoring 28 points to start the game off. But, I mean, like you said, FAU's pretty atrocious on the defensive side of the football, so you can't really you know, read a lot into that at the same time. But Cincinnati... All these guys on the team, you know, they all wanted to go to Ohio State. They didn't get recruited by him. They got turned down. So there's kind of like that big brother chip on your shoulder aspect of it for Cincinnati. And on top of that, Luke Fickle used to coach over at Ohio State. So I feel like he kind of wants to show them what's up. And then he should have been the coach there. And I feel like Cincinnati's going to have the chip on their shoulder. I would rather take the points here at 16 and a half than play Ohio State. Right. And that's what I'm on. Um, that'll be one of my picks. Um, I, I just think Justin Fields is going to struggle to throw the football in tight windows in big games, and I consider this a big game for Ohio State. 
Yeah, and Cincinnati is a great defense, too. And, you know, this is the biggest game of Justin Fields' career as a starting quarterback. I mean, he didn't really get in much in any of those big games for Georgia last season. So, you know, there's still a lot of question marks with Justin Fields. Cincinnati's offensive line looks really, really good. And they looked, I mean, they looked really good against UCLA. They could have easily won that game by more than they did. So, I mean, I'm, I agree with you a little bit more. I might have a play on this one tomorrow. We'll see what happens. All right, let's uh, move here now to two NFL games before we get to our best bets. And so what we got here, me and Cody, both big Falcons fans, we got the Falcons plus four at the Vikings, over-unders at 48.5 right now. Uh, What do you think about this game, Cody? Um, I mean, it all depends. Is Julio playing? I hope so. I I know he doesn't cause any distractions. Um, Four points is a lot of points in the NFL. Falcons have lost. I think it was like – out of Falcons' nine losses last year, they lost six games by three points or less, or it was like five points or less, one of the two. I don't remember. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you have to take the Falcons with the points. They're coming with the high energy. They're bringing a lot of people back from injury last year. Um, it's going to be a stressful game. Every Falcons game is. Um, I don't know if the Falcons are going to win. In Minnesota, is a very tough place to play. Um, the Falcons' schedule is pretty brutal. Um, you know, I, I would take Falcons with the points. Definitely would not touch the money line, though. Yeah, um, I'm not playing this game personally just because I don't want my bias towards the Falcons to weigh in a little bit, but I think Falcons at the points of the right move. Look, the Falcons' offensive line, they really focused on on beefing that up in the offseason. We saw how good Matt Ryan was two years ago when he had the, or three years ago when he had the offensive line. That was his MVP season, and I think he can return to that form this season. Also, like you said, the defense was plagued by injuries last year. They're going to be so much more healthy this year. I look for a guy like Deion Jones to be a problem all over the field on Sunday, making plays, whether it's in the pass game, because he's probably the best coverage linebacker in the league, and coming up to stop the run as well. The Vikings are going to look to run the ball more. I'm not really sold on Kirk Cousins personally, so that's why I feel better about taking the Falcons. With I mean, four points is a lot of points here, and the Falcons are a good football team. I feel like they're being a little disrespected there. So, I mean, I would go with the Falcons here if I played it. Yeah, I mean, dis- I wouldn't say disrespected. We just went 7-9, to nine, Falcons, and, you know, we're a very banged-up team. You don't really know what to expect. All new coordinators, um, all new coaching staff, new players. I don't know. Um, I think Vegas had the line about right. Um, I just think it's going to be a very, very tight game, and it could really—it's just going to come down to who gets the ball last. I think. Yeah, no, I definitely agree with that there. But I, I feel good about the ball being in Kirk Cousins' hands last. I don't really trust Kirk Cousins much. I've always thought that he's a little overrated. Although he did overachieve with those Washington teams, but I'm, I mean, last last year did not think he played very well, and in the past, I feel like he's been a little bit more fortunate, if anything. I'm with you. Kirk Cousins is not an elite quarterback. Um, he's above average at best. He gets paid like an elite quarterback. Um, good for him. He's got a gr- he's got a great negotiating tactic for contracts because some people need that. Yeah, exactly. I wish I was paid like he is. Um, before we move to the last game here, what do, what do you think about the Falcons' season and what are you looking for for them this season? Um, our first ten games we face, our first eleven games we face eleven teams that make the playoffs. If we go at least five hundred. Um, in the in that stretch, uh, we will make the playoffs. If we are below 500, we will not. Um, it's a tough, really tough first 10, 11 games. After that, it opens up. I think the Falcons are going to fight through it. I see us going 10 and six this year, um, winning the division, and the Saints going nine and seven. 
Yeah, I agree with you on that. I got the Falcons going 10 and 6 as well. And, you know, I think actually that Andrew Luck retiring was huge for us because, you know, I had that Indianapolis game circled as probably a loss. And I feel like that that game itself helps a lot more. I mean, you can't really say one game on the schedule helps a lot, but I mean, starting out the season at Minnesota and then playing the Eagles at home, you know, that's real tough. And then going on the road again to face a guy like Andrew Luck, I mean, that's probably the three hardest first three games in the NFL this season. And I mean, the fact that that changes, I think, really helps the team. So, you know, if we were to go 0-2, which I don't think will be the case, that that would be a big pickup spot for us. But I think 10-6 and six is realistic. I actually think the Panthers are the second-best team in the division. I'm down, I think the Saints go 7-9 and nine this season, actually, so... You know, everybody's high on them. I'm not as high as other people are. Let's go now to the last game here, which is Steelers at Patriots. I'll let you start us off one last time. Steelers at Patriots. The Patriots at the beginning of the year always struggle. Um, they always find their rhythm around week five, week six, and then they're usually almost unbeatable at home. Um, I think the Steelers are a good value bet here. Um, I think I think I would actually take the Steelers with the points here. Yeah, I agree with you. David Andrews is out the center for the team, and I would say center is probably one of the five most important positions on the entire football field. So I think that hurts the Patriots. There's some other question marks, like with their receiving core. I mean, it's stacked, don't get me wrong, but we don't really know like how Josh Gordon's going to do going into this season, what Ian Keel Harry's going to do. Rookies usually don't make a big like splash for the Patriots to start the season off. I think on the defensive side, they'll be good, but Devin Bush, to me, was a key addition to the Steelers. I'm very high on this team this year. The spread's at 5.5. I love the Steelers plus 5.5. That's actually one of my max bets on Sunday is Steelers plus 5.5. I just feel like the Big Ben, you know, they implemented this short pass offense. They got rid of their distractions with Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown. I mean, I think TJ Watt's only going to keep getting better in this defensive unit after the um, after the uh, break or after their bye week last year was one of the best in the NFL. So I think they'll get to that form and they'll be even better. You know, it's a young defense they got in Pittsburgh. Oh yeah, they'll turn it around. Um, I think Juju and Mike Tomlin are two uh, one of the best guys at their at their position and at the head coach. Um, I used to think Mike Tomlin didn't have control of his team. Um, I think it's actually the the opposite. I think. AB and Le'Veon were kind of uncontrollable, um, and he got all the blame for it. So I want to take back all my comments, what I said about Mike Tomlin. I think he's a great coach, um, and I think the Steelers might be able to turn it around this year, even without their superstars that they had previously. No, I agree with you completely. I mean, James Washington, he was one of the leading receivers in college football history at Oklahoma State. So, I mean, I think Moncrief's a great receiver, too. He was good at Ole Miss. He's been decent in the NFL. I think Big Ben can do anything with this receiving core. If we've learned anything about the Steelers, they can replace guys no matter what. James Conner even said he didn't feel like he was in great shape last season because he didn't expect to play that much. On top of that, they got Jalen Samuels and Benny Snell Jr. in the backfield. I think the Steelers are loaded up, and I feel like that with all those distractions, like you said, and Mike Tomlin controlling the locker room, I mean, I think the sky's the limit for this team. I picked him to win the Super Bowl, so I'm riding pretty high on him. Yeah, I'm not with you on the Super Bowl, but um, I think they can make the playoffs. You'll probably disagree with me here. I don't see the Steelers winning their division. I actually have the Ravens winning the division. Um, I think the Steelers might are going to be a wild card, though. Um, mm-hmm. And they, they can always surprise people. And don't get me wrong, that division's up for grabs. Um, then you got Cleveland, right? Everyone thinks Cleveland's going to go 12-4 and for some reason this year. Look. They added Jar- Jarvis Landry and they added Odell Beckham Jr. Two fantastic receivers. Odell's the top three receiver in the league, obviously. Um, but at the end of the day, you got 
five different, like thousands of different personalities on the team in, in uh, Cleveland. You got the Ravens who rely on their defense too much, and then you got the Steelers who are kind of an all-around team, right? Um, their defense obviously can be improved. We don't really know what that is, but Big Ben, you know what you're going to get out of them. Juju, you know we're going to get out of them. James Conner, you know to get out of them. So I think where you're looking at is you're going to see consistency in um, Pittsburgh, and I think you're you might be on the right track with that. Yeah, no, I agree with you too about the Browns. I have the Browns as a wild card. I don't, you know, I agree. I think there's a lot of personalities in the locker room. The schedule's tough at the beginning of the season, but I think ultimately they'll be able to get to nine and seven or something like that. See, my thing with the Ravens is. I feel like this offense is kind of a gimmick, and it'll get figured out towards the end of the season. I still have the Ravens going 8-8. Eight and eight. I think this is one of the most competitive divisions in the NFL, aside from the Bengals, but I think any of those top three teams could really make the playoffs. So, you know, if Big Ben gets hurt one or two games, the Steelers might be out of luck. So, I definitely I definitely don't hate that Ravens pick. I think that they're going to go 8-8, eight and eight, worst-case scenario. So, it's going to be interesting to see what happens in that division, but... Let's move here to the best bets. Um, we got three each. Uh, I'll let you go with one of your first ones, Cody. Um, well, I already said it, but my first one's Texas A&M. Um, plus 18 is what I got it at. I know the line's dropping, so get it while you can. Um, if you have to buy a point, buy a point. Um, I think Texas A&M's going to cover, man. I really do. Um, and I, I've told you this. If you're, if you're feeling yourself, touch that money line. It is possible. Um, if there is someone that can go into Death Valley and beat Dabo Sweeney it's Jimbo Fisher Jimbo Fisher knows Dabo Sweeney like anyone else and I hate to break it to all you Clemson fans Dabo Sweeney is a great coach off the field and he's a great leader he's a probably top two recruiter in the country behind Kirby Smart but guess what he's got the best D coordinator and offensive coordinators in the country that make him look great and I'm telling you Jimbo Fisher in game is one of the best coaches in the country and I think that they're going to be able to compete, and I think it's going to be a close game. And I think they make Trevor Lawrence struggle a little bit, enough at least to cover. And, you know, maybe, you know, anything can happen. Maybe if A&M comes out with a win and you see a big upset down in uh, Death Valley. Yeah, and I mean, to go off what you said a little bit about Jimbo Fisher, Jimbo Fisher, when he's at Florida State, went in there, and above what I think we beat him 56-13 to 13 or something like that when they were number three in the nation. And, I mean, yeah. Jimbo do- owned Clemson when he was at Florida State. So, it's another thing, too, right there. Jimbo owns Clemson, man, so he could easily get them. Uh, for my first best bet, I'm going to go back to a game we talked about, and that's Texas LSU. I'm going over 56.5 points. <laughs> I think that Texas is going to run the ball a lot with Sam Ellinger. they got big receivers out on the edge. I think Texas is going to play a close game here, and they'll be able to get points on the board in front of the home crowd. Also, LSU, like I said, this offense is revamped. They finally have that you know offense that fires and can get the ball all around the field. I think LSU will score a lot of points in this one as well. I think 56.5 is very, very low. I look for the score to be somewhere in the 30s between both teams each, and I think this is one that will go over easily. Uh, we'll, we'll agree to disagree on that one. I, I really don't know what to – I think I, – I agree with you on LSU putting up points. I think it's a revamped offense. Um, I just have no idea what to expect from Texas. I have no clue what their offense come out. Um, LSU is the best secondary in the country. And if if Texas comes out and tries to run the ball down their throat, I don't know about – you might disagree with me here. I don't think it's going to happen. They're going to have to open it up passing the ball, and I don't think Ellinger – I really don't think Ellinger can do it, and I'm, I might be wrong, and I hope I'm proven wrong because I hate LSU, but we'll see. Yeah, you know, I 
do agree with you in that sense. They won't run the ball over him. Texas is missing some depth right now at running back, but I think actually Ellinger is their best option running the ball. And in bigger games where they're playing teams with the winning records, Ellinger's running the ball a lot more. So I feel like we're going to see him run the ball a ton and throw it around a good bit as well. I think Texas will be able to move the ball, but I mean, there definitely could be some mistakes there with interceptions. I mean, I think that one way or another, we'll be able to get over that point total. I think LSU is going to score the ball quite a good bit. It'd just be if Texas can hang with them or not. Um, what do you have for your second game? My second game is Colorado plus three and a half against Nebraska. Okay. I have Colorado. Um, I think I think Nebraska is extremely overrated. Um, their roster has not changed much since last year. That team that um, didn't make a bowl game, I believe, right? Yeah, they didn't. They were awful. They yeah, they are what a top. They're a top twenty-five team now, for no apparent reason, just because they're the name Nebraska. Um, and Scott Frost is a good coach. Don't get me wrong, but it's going to take more than one year to get the players that you need in there. And I don't care what anybody says. The media is hyping them up all they want. I got Colorado plus three and a half and the money line. I'm riding it. They're going to get an upset down and up in uh, Boulder, Colorado, and it's going to be a party over there. Yeah, you know, I definitely don't hate that one. I thought Colorado's defense was a little bad last week, but also you got to remember Nebraska's got to fly up to that altitude, which is definitely another thing that's going to help out Colorado there. Plus, you know, in rivalry games, it's the home dog always barks the loudest. So I can definitely, I definitely like that one there. I personally don't have a play on that game. Um, for my next one, I'm going to go to Monday Night Football here and go with another NFL max bet I got, which is the Texans plus six and a half. I think this Texas team is a high-powered offense that will be able to move the ball up and down the field. I don't know how much those new additions of Laramie Tunsil, Carlos Hyde, and Kenny Stills will do, but I think DeAndre Hopkins, um, Will Fuller, Kiki Kuti, and Duke Johnson, Deshaun Watson, and crew will be able to move the ball up and down the field. Also, the Saints are one and eight straight up in their last nine game or week ones, and that's zero and nine against the spread in those games in week one. So, the Saints clearly don't start the season out very hot. I think that's a number the Texans can cover. I think it's kind of disrespect there, only giving them seven points. I think the line should be more like four. So, I like the Texans to cover this one. I wouldn't be shocked if they won outright. I would love that, man. Who knows, though? Saints are pretty darn good at home. Mm-hmm. They definitely are tough to play at home. But, I mean, I just think back to the Bucks beating them last year as a 10-point dog week one. So, definitely sits in the back of my mind as well. Uh, what else you got? My last one is I have – what was it? I'm sorry. Oh, there it is. I have Miami minus five at UNC. Um, I think coming off that loss against Florida – um, they're going to be a little bit revamped, a little more um, disciplined. Um, it's not going to be as an emotional game. I think my, UNC has a freshman, true freshman quarterback there starting, um, coming off a win against South Carolina. Um, the South Carolina team is very bad. They're not a good football team. Um, I'm un- unfortunately took South Carolina last year or last week. Sorry. Same. So I have Miami minus five. I think their defense is going to show up and str- make the UNC offense struggle. We're actually on the opposite side on this one here. I like North Carolina plus the points. I like home dogs. I think everyone's bought into what Mac Brown's doing here with this team. I don't think they went outright, but I think that they'll definitely cover the spread. I have it at five and a half. Um, I think that Sam Howell, the freshman quarterback, they'll get him a lot of throws that he can make. I also don't know how well Miami's going to play on the road. That game is kind of more in neutral territory. They have had two weeks to prepare, so I mean that definitely is a plus for Manny Diaz, but I don't know. I think Mac Brown knows what he's doing here with this team, and I think everyone's bought into what he's doing, and I think they'll come in riding hot. 
no, you could you could easily be right on that. And you know, it's one of those things. You wake up Saturday morning, you kind of get that gut feeling, and you can maybe change your mind. And hopefully, I'm sticking with Miami. But I think that that's what I got right now. And you could easily be right. We'll find out on Sunday. Yeah, no, I mean, I definitely don't hate that Miami bet at all. I mean, like like I said, two weeks to repair, and I think Manny Diaz can do a great job with this team and Jaron Williams too. So. Definitely a good team there. My last bet, I'm going to go with the Bills plus three here. The Bills are 10-4 and four against the spread in uh, the, their last 14 week one games. Also, week one division road dogs are 11-2-1 against the spread since 2014. But outside of those stats right there, I personally think the Bills are a much better team than the Jets. This defense only lost Kyle Williams, which you could argue is kind of the centerpiece of their defense. But they add in here... Um, why am I drawing a blank on his name? The guy from Houston, the big defensive tackle, um, Ed, Oliver. Ed Oliver, in there on defense. And, you know, I think he's a beast and he's going to wreak a lot of havoc. But on top of that, you know, this Bills defense was top three in the league last year. So I'll, I'm not sold on Darnold or this Jets offense. I think that them under Adam Gase still have a lot of figuring out to do here. I think it's a good spot for the Bills, especially catching those three points here. Also, I think. Josh Allen is might be I'm not ready to say he's better than Baker Mayfield or anything but I'm really high on him and I think that he's going to have a great year this year and I think the Bills offense is going to move the ball up and down the field on the Jets in this game it's going to be interesting to see I don't know um I'm actually on the opposite side of you here I like the Jets this year I think the Jets finally have their head coach um I don't know if I like Darnold I'm with you on that but having adding Le'Veon um, Robbie Anderson, and as well as my sleeper in fantasy this year, Jamison Crowder. I think their offense is going to be better, and I think they have a really stout defense. Um, I have them going 7-9, and nine, which is obviously a big increase from last year. I think the Jets are actually going to be a sleeper this year, and they're going to have some good wins. Yeah, no, I definitely think the Jets will have some good wins, and I think 7-9 and nine is pretty realistic for them. I think the Bills, they were... And I honestly think these teams are a little bit similar, but I just think Josh Allen and the Bills are a little bit more progressed. And I think the defense is a little better. Although I've also heard that um, that Gase is not a fan of Leonard Williams, which is kind of weird too because he's one of their higher draft or not Leonard Williams. Who's the D tackle they just got last year? Quinn Williams. Yeah, Quinn and Williams. There we go. Yeah, and I just heard I've heard that him and Quinn and Williams have been going back and forth a little bit too. So I mean, I'm not as 100 sold on Gase yet, but I mean, I think seven and nine is a realistic season for the Jets. Yeah, we'll see. It's going to be an interesting year in the NFL. There's a lot of great teams, and we'll find out week one. Oh yeah, for sure. Well, Cody, you got any parting words? I don't. It's going to be a great week, too. Um, I'm looking forward to that LSU-Texas game. I think we're going to find out a lot about both of those teams. So um, that's really the game I'm looking forward to watching. Um, obviously, Texas A&M and Clemson as well. But uh, as an Auburn guy, I really want to watch this LSU team and see how they prepare and how they play because we played them in Baton Rouge in a couple weeks and or a while. But we're, we'll, we'll take care of them down in Baton Rouge. Don't you worry, Thomas. <laughs> I like the confidence there. Never anything short of that with you with Auburn. But, I mean, I think Auburn's got a good team. Unfortunately, I doubted them last week, and they proved me wrong. But, you know, I'm I'm excited, too, for these games on Saturday. I, like you said, I think both those matchups will be great. I think there's some decent games on, too, at 12. So it'll be a fun day of football. And then, obviously, we got the NFL on Sunday. I've already moved on from Florida State. I'm ready for the Falcons. You know, it's how to put them on the back burner after week one, which sucks. But, it is what it is, hoping the Falcons have a much better season. So that's all we got. Once again, guys, follow Cody on Twitter at Yardage Locks. What, what was your record last week? Last week, 11-3. and three. Yeah, there you go, guys. He went 11-3 and three and absolutely killed it. 
Um, I went nine and fourteen. Not exactly the week that I had envisioned, but I think I might have got a little ha- little uh, pick happy. Also had to look at those those games for so damn long over the summer that I might have thought I knew a little bit more than I did. But we'll bounce back this week. I'm ready for a big week, and appreciate you coming on, Cody. Good talking to you, man. I appreciate you having me on, and uh, hopefully we can win some money this week. Oh, for sure. Let's do it. All right, we'll see y'all. Thank you.